Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Brief. On this episode, Jeff Teagues is with us. Jeff anchored his life as a uh, man of warfare and a man of God. He is a Special Operations Army commander, now retired. He joined the 1st Ranger Battalion at age 18, retired as a Delta Force Lieutenant Colonel. And he has a book out, Where Have All the Heroes Gone? Uh, Jeff, first of all, it's just past Veterans Day, but thank you for your service, uh, incredible service that you gave to the country. Um, tell us, if you will, what what is Where Have All the Heroes Gone? Tell us about this book. So, Buck, it's, it's my journey of faith and how I anchored the faith of my youth as I grew into a man and how I was able to find comfort in the heroes and the legends of the men and women that that really motivated me. And it, it really began this, this pursuit when I lived in Israel and was able to walk the terrain and, and look at these battlefields and look at these locations through a soldier's eyes. And it became my own personal like journaling and investigation into the stories that we know or that we think we know or that we have forgotten over time. And that's really what the book was initially. And then it, it, I started to relate some of my own military stories 
And it almost became kind of cathartic to look at the things that I had read about since I was a child into manhood and how they actually impacted my experiences as a combat soldier. So the book flips between Bible stories, things you might not know that are unique and interesting and fascinating about those stories, and then my stories as a ranger, special forces, then ultimately Delta uh, in the battlefields that we've been on over the last 20, 25 years. What can you tell us about when, when you're uh, going back and, and thinking about it? And, and uh, as I'm sure you've, you've gone and spent a lot of time in reflection on, on your service to the country. The first time, Jeff, I mean, you were, you were in Delta Force. You're a Delta Force commander. I mean, people hear that and there's automatically a, a sense of just uh, respect and honestly awe at, at that accomplishment. I mean, to be at that level of uh, elite military uh, capability. Um, people hear that and they pay attention. First time you were in combat, what was what was that like? I mean, psychologically and emotionally. So th- this book started as a personal journey, looking at these stories and trying to dig deeper. When I spent some time in Israel and walked the terrain, and I was looking at these battlefields and where these stories happened and looking at them through a soldier's eyes and a soldier's lens, I began to see some things that were inconsistent or things that we had lost over time. So it became a personal journey of faith. And then as I was writing the book and looking at these different stories and and the deeper meanings and hidden patterns behind them, I started to relay them to my own experiences as a combat soldier. So the, the book lays out Bible stories that a lot of people are familiar with, some of these hidden legends and traditions that have been lost to time. And then it jumps into a story on how it relates to me. And we're talking about some of these big things like identity and betrayal and courage and passion and love and loss. And it really became a cathartic experience for me and uh, really something I wanted to share with other people on a faith tradition. And then, you know, we still have many veterans that are feeling lost and disconnected after their time in service. And I'm hoping that this can can help them maybe find a way back home to a passion and purpose and, uh, and you know, either through faith or through reigniting just um, things that they have picked up along the way as well. And Jeff, you, you um, mention and, and write about some of the historical heroes, biblical historical heroes and, and warriors. Um, what makes, you know, what are the characteristics, because you were Delta Force Commando, of a, of a great Delta Force warrior, because that's what they are. Like, what, what are the psychological traits and, and what is the skill set for somebody to be an operator of, of the first class at that level? Yeah, I, th- I think they would be the things people expect, right? Like you have to be physically fit. You have to be strong. You have to be courageous. Uh, you have to have honor. But I think what, what is counterintuitive to many people is, is a level of humility that is required and, and a really solid understanding of followers. You know, someday I'd like to uh, write a book or study followership. You know, we study leadership, but followership is huge. And there's a story in the Bible, I, I, I don't even remember if I touch upon it, I think I do in the book, where David says, just kind of in passing, that he longs for the, the water from the well of his youth in Bethlehem. And his mighty men risk lives to go get him a sip of water. And they bring it to him and he throws it on the ground. He refuses to drink it because he understands how what he says is so important. And he's built this trust and confidence with these men that he really has to be be careful about what he's doing as a leader. And, and the, the, the men and women that I have followed understood that. They understood that they were servant leaders. 
They weren't in charge of things like some pinnacle on the top, but they were supporting every single person. And that's a heavy responsibility to carry. Um, and one that I've always cherished and uh, look, look, look forward to in every opportunity that I get. Now, for a man of a man of God and a man of warfare, people don't generally these days think of those two things as going together. I, I know obviously they can, and you're writing about some of that in, in the book and, and in the biblical context as well. But how, how do you, when someone asks you that, or someone says, wait a second, you're, you're a man of God, but you're a man of, war, a man of warfare, you're a warrior. How do those two things go together, reinforce each other? Are there any conflicts that come up that you have to pray to have a better understanding of? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think there is a, a righteous utility of war. I, I'll be quite honest with you, Buck. When I was over in Afghanistan and Iraq, I definitely gravitated more towards the Old Testament. I almost I almost could relate to the Old Testament God and the and the uh, the instructions that were given to to wage war with without mercy. You know, so I, I I did a lot of Old Testament reading. You know, and then when you jump into the New Testament and you and you hear about Yeshua and how he's looking for peace and, and there's a time for everything. Right. And what we know as believers is how this ends. This ends with war again. So we have this Old Testament that's just littered with war. And then we've got the new covenant with Yeshua and this time that we're in that's supposed to be of peace and finding this this shalom throughout the world. But all of it ends again in in warfare. And I think the important thing is, is really understanding your enemy. I never had hate. Uh, I never had anger towards my enemy. I recognized that we were pitted on both sides of a conflict um, and they were doing what they believed in and we were doing what we believed in. And it's never been really something I've struggled with. And I, I think also people would be surprised in special operations, there is definitely a majority of, of believers in the Rangers and in special forces and in Delta force that I think people would recognize, which makes sense. If you're, if you believe in the country and you believe in honor and you believe in integrity and you're willing to put yourself under ethical, moral, legal rules of organizations, it only stands to reason it's, it's something you're already used to and comfortable with. Mike, I want to ask you a little bit about the current state of national security and the military and, and all that. Uh, or uh, Jeff, I want to ask you about that in uh just a second here. So hold on a second. Mike Lindell. That's why Mike was on my mind. Sorry for that. Mike <laughs> Lindell's my towels, everybody. They're amazing. Um, they're absolutely fantastic. I've got them here at home. And you want to have fresh towels. You want to be somebody who is able to pull them right off. You finish the shower. And it just feels so nice to have those good towels that aren't all threadbare and haven't gotten all worn out. The brand new line of my towels are ready for you to try. That's right. A new style of my towel for Mike Lindell's My Pillow Company. You can get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98 with promo code BUCK. Get the designer premium line for just $20 more. So find this special offer right now at MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Check out the new MyTowel six-piece towel set. Get 50% off in savings. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. MyTowel six-piece towel set, 50% in savings. Enter promo code BUCK. That's promo code B-U-C-K for this special offer and many more. Um, okay, G uh, Jeff, so your special forces, uh, or, or, or Delta force commander, same thing, or, you know, both, both things are true. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there is a, a recent poll out that says a majority of American adults would not be willing to serve in the, in the, uh, military, even if the U S were to enter a major war, 
What is going on here with the uh, morale of the American people and the willingness outside of military ranks to consider service to the country if the country were directly threatened in a major war? Buck, I, I have not seen that report, uh, and I don't know if I believe it. So here, here is something that I, that I remember. So I was a young ranger who came in the military in 1987, and we didn't have war. You know, we, we wanted war. Be careful what you ask for, right? Well, I think it was back in probably about 2007 when we were in Iraq, and I got in the back of a vehicle, and there were a bunch of young rangers in, in this vehicle with me. I was a, a Delta Force operator at that time. And I looked across at these young men, and, and I, I marveled at the fact that they knew out of high school that they were joining the military, and they were going to go into two very unpopular wars already by 2007, 2008, wars that many of us knew we, we weren't going to win. We just didn't have the national will to win those wars. I don't know if these young men recognize that or not, but I was awestruck on the fact that a year, year and a half earlier, they were still in high school, right? They were playing football. They were going to homecoming games and they joined to defend America and go to these conflicts overseas, things that seem to be hugely unpopular. So I I would challenge all of that. I, I think there are many patriots. I have two sons. They're 26 and 23. They are not soldiers. They're entrepreneurs and artists that we've created that space out of, out of my life as a soldier. But I can guarantee you, if they were needed and called upon, they would answer that call along with many of their friends. So I think we're doing way too much advertising and promoting of the people that don't believe in these old traditional values that we do. And I think there are plenty of young men and women. Um, and I think it, I'd have to go back and look at that report that you mentioned. You said adults. So I wonder what those ages were. I, I, I've almost lost hope for uh, you know people our age but I still have hope for these young men and women in their 20s um, that have been left with so little. And they're going back to, I think, some of these traditions. You're beginning to see them go back to church and go back to faith. And they're trying to put their confidence in some of these things that we've kind of broken apart for them. What is your your sense of uh, the criticisms that have, have been leveled against a lot of the the four stars, if you will, the top military brass, the Secretary of Defense, for the social engineering that has gone on with the military. Uh, does that concern you? Do you think that's overhyped? How do you view that? Yeah, I would I would take that and pile on some things, Buck. You know, the the I think our general leadership, our natural leadership, both at the political level and military level, need to be held recount- accountable for the things that they're responsible for. You know, when you look at Iraq and Afghanistan, I wasn't responsible for winning the wars. The guys that I worked with weren't responsible. We were, we were responsible for winning battles, and that's what we did. And Americans won every single battle that they've been involved with, but our politicians and our higher generals lost those wars. So I, I find it kind of ironic that these men that failed to win wars that they were tasked with winning are now in high-level positions and making money and consultants and, and, and that kind of thing. So we, we really need to understand what that relationship is between politics and military. We need to understand, almost back to this Klausowitzian idea, that warfare is an extension of politics, but it's not politics. And warfare in combat and winning on the battlefield is still an essential part of the way the world works. It's, it's just like we're looking at now with, with Israel. You know, we're, we're trying to influence Israel 
to have some sort of velvet glove approach in Gaza after they were brutally, brutally attacked. So uh, the other day, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the new Army Museum in, uh, in, in Virginia, and I was walking through it, and we were celebrating the American Army, the American military, through all of these wars. And we were brutal. I mean, we, we won these wars because we were brutal, and we outwarred our enemy. And then you get to Desert uh, Storm, and then you get to the Iraq War, and you get to Afghanistan— and we suddenly stopped waging warfare. Now, it happened in, in Vietnam as well, so I guess that was the pivot. Warfare is an essential part of peace. It's an essential part of keeping the world stable. But we've watered it down, and we're, we've created these wars that aren't really wars. And I think we either need to decide you're going to go into a war and win it, or you're going to stay out of it. And this little tiptoe dance that we've been doing since Vietnam is, is just not healthy for anybody. Jeff, I want to ask you to tell us uh, where we can get the book and and uh, a few more things here in just a second. But first up, earlier this year, an event 30 years in the making took place. It involved my dad, Mason Sexton, who famously called the 1987 stock market crash. He went live with his first major public prediction in decades. He warned the top was in and revealed his unique framework to take advantage of the falling market that would follow. And right on cue, the market peaked exactly when he said it would. Those who listened to his unusual prediction, what some called his prophecy, were richly rewarded. But now my dad is coming forward with the second part of his prophecy, a second insight that will catch even the most sophisticated investors by surprise. On Tuesday, November 14th, that's tomorrow, he's sharing all the details in an online event, including why the next six months could make or break your portfolio. Go to thesecondinsight2023.com to sign up for free. That's the second insight 2023.com. You can sign up for free paid for by new paradigm research. Jeff, uh, tell everyone again about the book and, and why you think this is something that a lot of the folks at home would really, uh, val would really get a lot of value from reading. So the book is called where have all the heroes gone? A pilgrimage through the Bible, the battlefield and back home again. And everything about it is, is in, encapsulated in that title. It, it's a pilgrimage. And I think it's a, a highly unique book uh, that that blends a spiritual journey. It looks at legends and traditions of old ancient scripture and then very, very unique experiences that I've had from Panama as a young corporal of that invasion in, in 1989. I'm hoping that people are finding a, a new inspiration to relook some of these old traditions, some of this old scripture. I've definitely written it for veterans and maybe some of the things that I talk about and share, they can identify with some of those frustrations we've had, some of those goals. I think it's just some really candid talk as well about uh, things that, that, that special operations forces and me specifically have, have endured over the last, you know, couple decades. You know, it kind of, I, I find it kind of ironic again, Buck, where people are very upset about the tactics that Hamas is using in Gaza right now. And, I, and I'm sitting here going, does, does nobody know that that's what's been happening in Iraq and Afghanistan for 20 years? The suicide bombers and the tunnels and hiding behind children. You know, I mean, like those are, those are things that we've been overlooking. And, and I tell those stories. I tell the story of confronting a man who had a baby in his arms and, and a knife across the, the, the child's throat, threatening me that I needed to let him go. You know, I, I talk about these things. Um, and, and again, I think it was a, some healing for myself. I hope it brings some healing for our other fellow veterans. And I think it's, it's a fascinating blend for folks that aren't that familiar with the Bible or the Bible stories, or even if they are, 
there are some things in there that have really been lost to time. You can find the book on Amazon. It's a, a Kindle version. There's the uh, soft cover version. There's some delay with the audio. I'm not sure why the audio isn't out yet, but the audio is complete and it's it's my voice. It'll be a familiar voice. And that was an interesting experience as well. Uh, not only writing the book, but reading aloud for the audio. It, it, it also was all part of this journey that I really feel is some closure for me that I hope it will bring to some other people, either those that have been burned by the faith or have lost their passion for it. And those veterans also that are really looking for a, a new passion and purpose in life. Where Have All the Heroes Gone is the book. Go get your copy. Jeff Teagues, a hero, a humble man, a badass, a man of God. Appreciate you being here, sir. Thanks, Buck. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who the Tunnel to Towers Foundation the Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.